And we're joined on the morning brief by Preet Banerjee, personal finance commentator. Hello, Preet. Good morning, sir. Okay, so let's get back to this poll that I've been talking about on the show. Uh, finds Torontonians almost evenly split on John Tory staying in power. I have to think this is kind of the final nail in the coffin. You know, if it would come back 75% want you to stay, maybe he would have thought about it. Oh, yeah, interesting. Uh, there's so much to talk about uh, on this one. Um, I think, you know, the, yeah, those poll results show that when you remove the undecideds, the majority of people don't want them to resign. But it was, a, I guess, a slight majority of the decideds. And, uh, you know, I know that crowds can cancel people. I didn't know that we could un cancel people or prevent them from canceling themselves. I guess we'll find out. Uh, but but I think also, you know, one of the reasons that I think a lot of people uh, voted for John Tory as mayor in the first place was a bit as an antidote to the behavior of Rob Ford when he was in office and not maybe aligning his behavior with what you would expect from someone in public office. And so for John Tory to come in and make a mistake, I don't think anyone expects anyone to be infallible. But the expectation was that when you do make a mistake, you take accountability. And that's what he's doing. And I just don't see him, you know, listening to this poll. I think his mind is made up. Uh, it's part of who he is as a person, I think. So I think that's it. The, the questions that I do have are, I know that he's staying on just a little bit longer to present the budget for the city, but does that mean he's going to retain his strong mayor powers to veto anything that comes up? Or should he even be allowed to do that after he's announced his resignation? I don't know. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, we were asking this question on the show yesterday. I mean, if everything that has happened is disqualifying such that you cannot continue to be the mayor, then how can you, you know, Bigfoot the the city council and the city itself with the budget that you want you know maybe you should leave it to council which is 25 elected members yeah i think you're either in or you're out and he said that he's out so i don't know if he should be presiding over this or at the very least he should and he probably I, well i don't say probably but maybe he will just choose not to use those powers because that also aligns with what he thinks is the right thing but i don't know i think if you've made that decision then you should be stepping down what do you make of this and you are a personal finance commentator a new report predicts canadian home prices could drop by 30 percent or even more i I have been very dubious about these kinds of predictions. I know the market has softened and houses are lingering on the market longer and longer. But at the same time, there is a huge reserve of money out there that a lot of people have where if the market starts to collapse, they're going to move in. Yeah, and there's also a sense that if things get really bad, then the government will always find a way to to, to you know, bail people out to a certain extent. At least that's the thinking that some people have. I don't know if that is always going to be the case. And when it comes to any type of market forecasts, you've probably heard this before, there's two types of forecasters, those who don't know and those who don't know that they don't know. It's incredibly hard to make predictions about markets, especially housing markets. Now, what I would say as, as a counterpoint um, to, to your perspective is that it's also quite possible that things could be a lot nastier than, than what is in this report, including their worst case scenario. And the reason I say that is, you know, 
the idea of rates coming back down to 2% is something that I know a lot of people are clinging on to, especially when they make their decisions about, you know, what should I do with my mortgage and, and what have you. And it looks like the last read or two on inflation shows that it's maybe a little bit stickier, even than what we had uh, thought about previously. And so rates might be higher for, you know, a couple of years. They'll probably still come down, but maybe not down as much as people think. And given how much we've borrowed over the last 15, 20 years, and the indicator that I look at is the growth in credit card balances, because you can only manage for so long before you start to see cracks in people's personal financial situations, and it tends to show up in things like growing credit card balances, which we're seeing now. So it's possible that you know growing defaults leads to a surge in insolvencies and people selling in panic and whatnot. So it could get worse, but again, that's just a prediction, so who knows? Yeah, I know. What is the expression, Preet, uh, that economists are right about uh, one of every 10 recessions they predict? <laughs> no, they predicted seven of the last four recessions. Okay, that's it. <laughs> um, listen, the governor general has shut down responses to her social media account, so apparently it's just going to be a press release outlet now. I can certainly sympathize because people are monsters on on social media, and I don't even know why. I mean, I don't think people are that awful in their lives, and if they are, then I'm kind of sad for them. Mm, yeah, it's a great point because, you know, I, I've written for the Globe and Mail for, you know, over 10 years. And when I first wrote my columns, uh, I would sometimes read the comments and uh, they would get under my skin a little bit. After a while, you start to downplay them a little bit. You develop a thicker skin. Now I don't even bother reading the comments. And to be honest, when I think about all the people that I socialize or respect with in my life and hang out with, I've yet to meet a certain a single person who's ever admitted to leaving a comment on uh, on a news site. It just, <laughs> it seems like there's a very small number of people creating an outsized problem. And unfortunately, that problem leads to, you know, productivity uh, drag because just monitoring social media content takes a lot of time. And also the mental health toll, not only on the writers, but everyone else reading it too. It's funny you mentioned writing for a newspaper because I used to write for the National Post, well known to be a conservative outlet. And quite frequently, Barbara Kay and I would have dueling pieces. And so I'd read into <laughs> the responses to mine and they were all, you're a moron, you, uh, I mean, <laughs> yeah. all the stuff I can't even repeat here. And then I'd go over to Barbara's and it would say, you're a moron. And you're, <laughs> I mean, <it> was, <laughs> they hated her as much as they hated me, apparently. Yeah, there's just no point. <laughs> So 15-minute cities, um, it seems as soon as you come up with a nice idea these days, and maybe we're on a continuing theme, people decide to crap all over it because they think it's going to be imposed <laughs> on them. And like I remember Michelle Obama wanted to make cafeteria meals in schools better, and everyone said, how dare you dictate to us what we can feed <laughs> to our own children? And now people are pushing back on the notion of the 15-minute city. Listen, if you don't want to live in a 15-minute city, don't bother. Yeah, we all need a little less internet is the takeaway of this segment, John. <laughs> because, you know, wow, we've taken this simple idea that the most used services, schools, medical treatment, shops, grocery stores should ideally be within walking distance for neighborhoods to promote healthy living, a sense of community, reduced emissions. And it's been turned into this giant plan to turn the world into the Hunger Games where you live in a district with a number you're not allowed to cross borders. I just don't know where people have the time and energy to make up these fictitious dystopian fantasy lands. It's ridiculous. Well, just wait till Justin Trudeau makes you eat crickets. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> Thank you, sir. Good to have you this morning. Thanks, John.